With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports. And my co-host, as always, Sean Smith, is here. We are here to talk Preds and Preds hockey How's it going, Sean? How are you? Oh, man, Alex, I'm doing really well. For me, it is fall break, and so I have gotten more sleep in the past two days than I've gotten in the last nine weeks. The fall break is here, and that means it's time for hockey, right? Fall break That's usually right. coincides with, uh, with, with hockey season really kicking off. I can't wait. It's, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed up. We'll just say that. Yeah. It seems so, like it's been a long time coming, right? <clears throat> it has been a rather long offseason for the Predators, obviously. And um, a lot of things have happened. We have uh, several things to talk about today. Um, <clears throat> uh, the, the first and foremost thing to talk about today would be the Predators played a game in Switzerland today. That's right. So, Burn Switzerland. <clears throat> The Predators play a non-NHL team, SC Bern, in Switzerland. It was part of the Global Series, and it is uh, a preseason game. It's you know an exhibition between the Predators and SC Bern. And I think the idea, obviously, the the idea of playing SC Bern has more than more than just it's more than just let's play a new team. There's so many other narratives involved here. And one of the oh, main yeah. ones is Roman Yossi being the best player on the Predators, being a Norris Trophy winner, being one of the fa- the face of the franchise, being a, a huge defenseman in the league right now, second in the Norris Trophy voting this past year. He uh, is he played at SC Burn uh, for a couple of years before he came over to the United States and was drafted by the Predators, and then he goes back there to play in that arena um, in front of those fans, and it was. Just an amazing sight. I mean, it looked like it looked like such an atmosphere. You would never have guessed it was an exhibition, let alone you know a, just a regular game of hockey. You you'd have thought it was a, a playoff game. The fans there, seventeen thousand fans were in the arena for that. So that's about the size of what's in what's in Bridgestone. Just keep that in mind. And, and it was louder than anything that I'd heard for a hockey game. So really cool atmosphere. Uh, did you get to watch much of that game? Yeah, yeah. What I got to see, I'll tell you, I was I was really taken by the atmosphere in the arena. I mean, granted, we know what Bridgestone Arena is like. We've seen the inside of of a few others in person, I'm sure, between the two of us. But yeah. you know, we've also seen a lot on TV. You can hear when crowds are excited, and I, you know, the comparison. It was a different vibe, but it was a pretty cool vibe. But it was a very uh, European soccer style vibe, in my opinion, which is a fun environment. So I thought that was pretty neat to see and hear. It, there were there were so many cool moments, and I, I want to say that the one of the best ones was when they were announced. Um, when they announced the Predators players, they announced Nino Niederreiter and Roman Yossi last, 
uh, on, intentionally to give the fans a chance. So there's this thing they do where they they announce the name of the player. So for the home for the home team, you know they announce the the name of the first name and then the the crowd. The, sorry, the PA announcer says the first name. The crowd says the last name very loudly. And you know, obviously, normally they only do that for the home team. But this time they did. You know, Niederreiter. Everyone yelled Niederreiter, and then everyone yelled Yossi. I'm gonna gonna. I'm just gonna say it was louder than I've ever heard any fan uh, environment yell Yossi, even including the Predators. Like it was so loud. We put it up on the A to Z Instagram and also on the Facebook and and Twitter and everything. That I mean, them like chanting Yossi was louder than anything that I'd heard. Like it would just was. I mean, this is pregame. This is like announcements you know lineup announcements what a what a cool feeling though to think <clears throat> you know he's played there when he was uh i don't want to say a nobody you know but he was definitely not the international superstar that he is now um he wasn't known as you know the premier defenseman in the premier league in the world he was just the guy that played defense they probably you know he was a local boy they knew who he was they'd seen him around town but um to kind of come back home and, and experience that uh, mm. must be incredible. I mean, not, not just for Yossi, but for Niederreiter as well. Yeah. And then, and <clears throat> I think um, Sebastian Bordalo, who's in the Pre uh, Predators organization also played there um, or is also all Swiss. So uh, yeah, there was a really cool moment. And then the, the Predators, they, you know, obviously played a game. Roman Yossi scored twice. Uh, the first one was a bit of a bit of a, a easy goal. The goaltender really should have had it. The uh, the second one that he had was uh, was pretty nice, um, if I remember correctly. That one might have deflected in, but either way, Predators get a four to three win over SC Burn, and you know it was a pretty competitive game. It was really really entertaining, really fun, kind of back and forth. Burns started out with the lead, had had the lead one nothing. I think Predators tied it up, then they went back up two to one, and then. Predators went up three to two and then four to two and then four to three was the final. So a um, lot of, a lot of special teams. There were a lot of penalties being called. They, they called a lot of penalties, um, which is surprising. The, uh, the ice there is bigger. So the European yeah. ice, a little wider, a um, little bit more room to work. So you would have thought that there would be a fewer penalties, but there were not, there were a lot of penalties. Predators still, um, perhaps going into the season with that issue again. But, um, you know, I think uh, they they finished the preseason 4-0-1. Yeah. 4-0-1 in the preseason, and they've scored 20 goals in five games. Yeah. And, you and know, you know I, that tie, you think about it, came down to, what, the last second of overtime, too. That was so. the, yeah, that's right. That was the very, <laughs> and that was the very first preseason game. Yeah, or to ties it up late. Yeah, right. Results in the preseason, obviously, you don't care about them, but there's more than just the game results. I mean, there's there's kind of like other things. Okay, so we'll we'll talk about this as we go on. But there, there's been other things that have happened in these preseason games that I think bode well, not just results. Um, results, who cares? But there have been things that have worked well, and and we we'll talk about it as we go on. But I, I I think it's impossible to ignore that it's been a pretty good preseason for the Predators. Uh, that doesn't mean anything when the season starts on Friday against the San Jose Sharks, but you know, it is, it is something to note. So, um, uh, I, I think at this point we got to talk about the roster. Okay. 
So I'm Sean, ready for that conversation. 27, 27 players went over to uh, went over to Europe. The twenty seven players are over there right now. Right. Uh, you had you had the list. Yeah. You want me to read it? No, 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 no. Do not okay. do that. <laughs> you never know. It might be exciting. Yeah. Start with uh, the alphabetical. Give me the full first and last names number. What if what if I read the this. first name and you shouted the last name? Ready, <laughs> Kevin. That'd be fitting. So there are some. I mean, aside from the obvious names that are on the list, uh, the, the the big names we already knew would be on there: Forsberg, Granlund, Duchesne, Johansson, Niederreiter, Sissons, Trennan, Janot, uh, Tolvanen, Yossi, Carrier, McDonough, Ekholm, Lausanne, Fabro, Soros, and then also the two other goalies, Lankinen and Ingram. Right. Maybe we'll conclude with the link the the goalie conversation, which seems yeah. to be kind of settled now. Um. There are some names in there that are, you know, we're still unsure what's going to happen. So, so Tomasino is there, Sherwood, uh, Zach Sanford, um, Cole Smith, who who is who will never go away. Cole Smith will no. always be in the organization in some capacity. Cody Glass, uh, Michael McCarron, and Jankowski. No. Uh, I'm blanking on his uh, Mark Mark. I think I said Sherwood. Sherwood and Gross. Did you get Jordan Gross? I did not get Gross. No, Gro Jordan Gross. Jordan Gross. I'm sorry, he's not going to make the team. But so, but he is over oh, there. there. So there that's goes cool. Mystery number one. Just throw it out there. <laughs> We're Jordan just going to give away the big reveal, guys. I mean, he, he he'll he'll stay over there for these games and maybe gets a maybe gets a start if there's some injury or something going on there. I think that's why he's over there. But right. uh, Jordan Gross not really much of a prospect. He's kind of older. I mean, you know, whatever. Anyways. Uh, those are kind of the big names, and um, we, after some confusion, not not confusion, confusion on my part, maybe, maybe I was just not really wording things right or not reading things correctly. They have 27 players that they can keep through the Global Series games. That is all of the games. That is today's game against Burn. That is the two first games against San Jose. They have to right. be cap compliant and roster compliant when they come back. And I think that's next Monday is when they finally finally come back, and that's when all the teams have to be twenty three men uh, rosters. I think. And be I think uh, as long as they're over international waters or an international airspace, they're okay. But if they are not cap compliant by the time that plane lands, David Poyle will be arrested immediately. They the will have the yes. They will uh, <laughs> take a intercept, straight they will, to fact, federal prison. They will intercept the plane. Yeah. in air like they'll they'll do yeah. like a uh a, 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 what is that movie where they do that like air force one or something where they like intercept yeah. the plane midair and right. take the president hostage you're yep. gonna do that that's it with david Poyle. That's, so they <laughs> they have real. they have these 27 players uh they will probably play um you know th the main the main players will play both games but the key is you know who's going to be that last those last couple players who may not play in either one of the first two games. I think Jordan Gross is one that probably won't play in the first two games. I agree um, with you on, on the Jordan Gross call. And I think, too, you know, Hines made the comment. I think you you actually put this out on the Twitter the other day that, you know, yeah. they were kind of planning on rolling with what they were going to roll with, except with <laughs> maybe a few questions unanswered, even in today's game against SC Burn. Yeah. Um, so – you know, if you look at today's lineup, who would you assume are the rules that they're still undecided on? 
I mean, I would I would assume that the the number one role that they're still undecided on is who's going to play right wing on the Johansson line. That has yep. been Kiefer Sherwood tw- twice in a row now. Mm-hmm. And the, the the big mystery is that now Tomasino got scratched today. So some people were assuming maybe there's an injury. I mean, I haven't seen anything like that. I have not seen anything about a Tomasino injury, but you know, they they've been known to with to to hide injuries before so you know who knows but um it seems to me that they would want tomasino to play in a game like today so it, there's got to be something going on um cole smith uh, would be the one that's like i don't i don't really know why he would be there i think that would i would assume that that would be zach sanford zach sanford's played on the left wing in all the preseason games except for today yeah <clears throat> um so I would assume Sanford in for Smith and playing with uh, Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvanen. And then I would assume Tomasino in for Sherwood. But maybe they really like Sherwood. I mean, I, I, I guess he's been okay. I, I He hasn't really stood out in, a, in any particular way, but he's got a little bit of speed. I mean, he can get shots off. I'm, I don't think he really creates anything for himself. But he's probably just a... He, they, you know, that line, Johansson, Nino, Niederreiter, need just a, a shoot first kind of player. And maybe he can be that. Well, I, th- you know, as much as I don't think he stood out during any of the actual preseason games, he was really <laughs> impressive in person, at least in the scrimmages that I was able to see. Okay. Um, I would almost say like a willing recklessness to his play, not in the sense of um, making bad decisions, but just, he was, not worried about his own safety. He's like, I'm just going to do what I need to do to get the job done. Um, you know, go really hard into the corners, do anything he needed to do to get the puck, things like that. Um, and I saw that in the scrimmages. I didn't see that in games. Um, I didn't think he looked bad in games, but I didn't see what really excited me during the scrimmages. I didn't see that during the game. So I, I know what you're saying. Um, I wonder really, and this is the thing, I wonder how they feel about him. I don't know if they're looking for him to play on that second line or if he may be someone that they're really taking a look at keeping around to be able to sub in if necessary. I don't think they're looking oh, at wait, him. Are you talking about Sherwood still? Yeah, were we talking okay, about? Okay. Yeah. 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 I think they're keeping him around to say, like, okay, is this somebody you want to keep on the roster as an extra forward to have that we can throw into a variety of situations and he can play competently I think as it's... opposed to – yeah. Someone that could only play on the fourth line. I, I think right now Sherwood's on the team next Monday. Like I think he's on the final twenty-three. I just I think he's probably the first scratch, first forward yeah. scratch. Mm-hmm. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the second forward scratch was Michael McCarron because <laughs> they just can't get rid of that guy. <laughs> they cannot quit Michael McCarron. But, well, and they did seem to like what they were seeing out of him in camp. If you go off of what was said during behind the glass, yeah. I, yeah, my, my, yeah, McCarron, McCarron would be a guy that they're just they they can't they can't quit. They're going to keep him around, uh, and like you know, Cody Glass goes out there and gets injured. They're going to want him back immediately. So right, but um, and Cole Smith, I also think Cole Smith's probably not going to get claimed. I think Jankowski no. could be, but it's that it's the, also, you got to remember it's also that weird time where. There's all this like weird gentleman's agreement with the GMs, yeah. like you don't you don't claim people's waiver cl- waiver cuts, but then like the last couple of years, GMs have been claiming waivers all the time in the opening of the season. That's how the Preds lost Rem Pitlick, right? Um, 
is so, is there a gentleman's agreement, Alex? I don't know. I mean, I don't know these gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them aren't too gentlemanly. You're exactly right. Um, I feel like, and, and maybe this is just, maybe I'm totally <laughs> off here, but I feel like, you know, as much as we say oh, a gentleman's agreement that during this time of the year, you don't, you don't poach off of the uh, waiver wire. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder too, if there's, you know, like if there is somebody that you're willing to part with and you put them out on the waiver wire that people know that. And like, mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. that Milwaukee was planning on losing rim Pitlick, but I wonder if David Poyle was okay with losing rim Pitlick yeah. and said, Hey, this guy's up for the taking, or if he'd been trying to trade him and nobody was interested, mm. It's entirely possible. So yeah. Well, I'll tell you who is a gentleman, and that would be Glenn over at the Relax the Back Store in Green Hills. That guy's a gentleman, and will always uh, agree with you. The gentleman's agreement, especially when it comes to relaxing the back, and for customized comfort options at the office for relaxing at home, sleeping at night. Um, if you want to live better, feel better, sleep better. You need to check out Relax the Back. I'll tell you one thing. I have not been sleeping as good as I could be uh, lately. Uh, My wife and I had the talk about maybe perhaps looking at a new mattress. I can already tell you, I'm going to go to Relax the Back, and I'm going to talk to Glenn, and we're going to have a conversation about what are the issues we're having with our sleep? What's the, what, you know, we're waking up with pain. Are we waking up in the middle of the night? How, what's our mattress like? Is it soft? Is it hard? He's going to have all the options for us right there. He's going to be able to talk to us. Okay, here, I know exactly how this works. Here's the, uh, the correct position your spine needs to be in. He's going to have it all there. They always have a sleep agent on hand, uh, such as him or, or any of these other fine staff there. Um, so we're going to go to 2020 Glen Echo Road in Green Hills. Talk to him about that. And they've got other sleep options, not just mattresses, but they've got wedge systems, posture pillows, uh, everything to get you in the correct natural position. Of course, chairs, massage chairs, and and regular chairs that get you in uh, the right position for your spine. So uh, you just got to go there, check it out. The four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. Let's talk about the defense really quick. I think that's a pretty easy conversation. I don't think there's really much yeah. change at all. Although they did put uh, Carrier uh, with Yossi. And uh, in this past game, I, I think kind of interchangeable with Fabro right now. Maybe I, I mean they're just kind of similar in, in how they're playing. I, I'd be fine with either Carrier or Fabro uh, with Yossi. Uh, but McDonough Elk Ekholm seems to be the combination that's going to stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, I think that's probably what they're going to go with. I mean, and honestly, if you think about the fact that when they were even, you know, talking about being. <laughs> in on McDonough that that was the first call they made was to Eckholm to see if he was okay playing on the right side. Yeah. That tells me that probably that's how it's going to be most of the time. Yep. Yep, exactly. And I think when, um, when that, when that marriage worked so well early on in the, in the preseason and in the, in the training camp and everything, maybe even a little bit of a sigh of relief from that front office. Cause they were like, yeah. I, they really, I really think that they figured it out. Like they figured out how to maximize the three defensemen that need equal minutes. Right. I was thinking about this and I think, I think you could look at it like this. I think if there's 120 minutes of defense, you need a night 60 minutes times two, 
Yeah. 120 minutes a night you need from your defense. You're going to get like 80 from that group, from those three yeah. guys, 70, whatever it is. So it's like 20, 25, 26 from, I think my math's right. 25 from Yossi, 24 from McDonough or Elkholm, and then 23 from the other one. So yeah, 60 yeah, 70, 72 minutes, 75, I call it 75, 75 of the, right. of the 120 minutes are covered Yeah, out of their three guys. Yeah. And, and, you know, you said you feel comfortable with either Carrier or Fabro paired with Yossi. I, I will say this as, as a third line or not third line, but third pairing guy, like that's, that's my bread and butter. I've been paying really close attention to to the defenders because I'm I'm curious who's going to end up down there on the third pairing. And you know, I thought Fabro in camp in scrimmages in these games has looked very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's looked very sound, even when he was playing when they had the much larger roster and they'd split it up to Team A, Team B. Even when paired on the first pairing with Mark Borowiecki, he looked really good. So. I'm right there with you. I think um, he's done some work this offseason. I think he's come into camp in really good shape. I think he's having a really good preseason, I guess you'd say. Um, I think he and Carrier are interchangeable at this point on that on that first pairing with Yossi. And Dante Fabro has put in 19 minutes a night for the last three years. If he's only required, he, I bet that goes down this year. I bet it, I bet it just it naturally will, right? He's... He, I, I don't think he's going to put he's going he's not going to be needed for 19 minutes a night maybe like 18 or 17. If you give him a little bit less of a job to do and he can put a little bit more work into the minutes that he gets, I think it's going to be good for him. Same thing yeah. with Carrier. That I mean the McDonough sign the McDonough trade just like continues to be assuming assuming he doesn't like totally stink out on the ice, which I don't think he will. I just the more I look at it, the more I think that that trade was was so huge. I mean, it was su- yeah. such a big get for them. Um, and then when you watch him, I mean, he did he did this in in the burn game today. I think he fits John Hines perfectly. Yeah, he plays this sort of cerebral kind of visual defensive like style where he's he's reading stuff all the time. He's he's all he's right. doing is making reads. He's making uh reads on the on the attackers coming in, he's making reads on his own players. He's very rarely just like trying to make an aggressive athletic play. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't jump up into the I mean, let's just he doesn't do the PK Subban where he just like just goes and goes and goes and just like tries to make the thing happen. He he does this like really kind of smart way to play defense, which I think is exactly what John Hines wants. I think that's exactly yeah. his style. He wants the defense to play back and to, to read the play all the right. time because it means they're going to be in better position to make right. plays when they, they need to make them. And it relies on those forwards to get up and create offense on their own and not, not always have to have a defenseman pinching up to, to drop it to. So, and, and not to say you can't do that, but I, I just, I don't know. I think the McDonough signing is really good and I think it's going to really pay off. And I think people are going to see an improvement in the defense of this team. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you use the term cerebral and I think that's, a, that's accurate. Um, I think, you know, when you talk about a player being cerebral on the defense and playing into Heinz style, they're looking as opposed to what you mentioned about activating constantly like Subban He's very opportunistic about when he, you know, he's going to find the right time to jump up and be a part of that group closer to the net as opposed to staying back. And that, that's exactly what, it's exactly what I kind of think you need 
to be successful in the Heinz system. So yeah, the, good the, call. The, turning defense into offense in the NHL requires a, a good brain rather than a yeah. good pair of skates, like a, a good skater. It, it just, it, it requires like great decision-making. Yeah. And I just think that's what he is. You know, I think that's exactly what he is. Uh, you, you can, you can make up for it with like pure athleticism. Um, but the, the amount of time you have to make those decisions just is, is less and less. I mean, as the year goes on. And I think, I think that's a big part of, of what he, uh, what he brings. And so, um, the defense is pretty set. And so I think Boro, uh, Borbietsky will be the scratch most of the nights. I think he'll probably get 10 to 15 games this year. Maybe he'll have spot starts every now and then. If, if of course, if Lozon gets injured, he'll step in for that. But Lozon's going to be that third left guy. So that's the defense. And then now the goalies. It seems a, a, where there was much mystery early in yeah. the year, there seems to be none, right? It's a lot of clarity. Has come I think into situation. Um, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up the quote. Someone had a quote from uh, from uh, John Hines about Lankinen today. I'll look it up while we're talking. But um, I, I think it's Lankinen. I, is, that, is, that what you're, is that what you're saying? You know, I, I think there was a lot of intrigue and mystery surrounding that signing. I think I'll say if you went to Twitter and looked me up and saw what I had to say that day, I'm not going to do that right now. I was probably really confused. Like what, what is the purpose of the signing? And, and I say that because, you know, if you were worried about getting a backup for Soros and you had Ingram, why would you pull in Lincoln? And if you look at Lincoln's numbers last season, they weren't very good. And I don't want to base everything off of the small sample size I've seen out of him in the preseason playing for the Predators. But I'd want to say that maybe there was a lot that his numbers were impacted by the team he was playing for and the defense that was playing in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Lankinen seems in command in the net. Um, at least when I've, I've seen him I'm, again, I didn't get to watch the entire game today, but what I've seen, he's looked like he's been in control on. Um, yeah. There've been go- goals scored against him, but I mean, everyone's going to have goals scored against them. It's how you respond when those goals are scored. Do you fall apart? What do you do? And he's looked pretty confident. He doesn't look like he gets shaken very easily. Um, that being yeah. said, I can see why they would take him and run with him as the backup right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Ingram's far off from being an NHL backup. I just don't know if he's ready to do that right now. Yeah. And I would say that maybe there's an element that they want to put him in Milwaukee with uh, Askarov down there. Um just because he has some familiarity with the NHL team. And that would probably be something that he could kind of lean on Ingram for. I don't know. So the quote, the quote is from Gentry Estes, uh, who's over there with the Tennessean. Uh, very cool that he was able to, to make that trip. Um, he said, uh, sorry, John Hines. He's, the, the, here's the tweet. John Hines did not affirm that Kevin Lankinen is the backup when I asked, but he did say he's made a real strong case for himself. We feel real comfortable with him in the net. I really think Lankinen is the backup now. So yeah, and I think if you look at it, the times he's been deployed in games, um, he's been out there first with uh, Ingram backing him up. Uh, so yeah, 
I mean, if they wanted to get more looks at Ingram in the net, I think they would have had more looks at Ingram in the net. So no mystery there. So uh, everything's been resolved except for what will the opening night roster, or sorry, what will the um, first game uh, roster will look like on uh, on Friday? Um, I think Thomasine will be in, and I think uh, Sanford will be in for Cole yeah. Smith. But that's that's pretty much the only changes I think, and obviously Sorrow starting. Yeah. Pretty much the only changes. So. Um, the back, you know, the back to back. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Sorrow starts both games, just because it's the first games of the year and they have you know a few days off before they play again. So I wouldn't. Yeah. If they get if he goes out there and gets a shutout first game, I wouldn't be shocked if they start Soros twice. But right. I mean, I, I still think that's a poor decision making. I, I think you should never start goalie twice, even if he hasn't played in what four months. Five I months. say roll with it, Alex. It's just say, go for smart. it. Go it's for it. Smart. Look, these are these games. They're twenty four hours apart. That's you need plenty of time to take a nap, have some coffee. Yeah, have your morning constitutional and get back after it. Morning constitutional. All right, but we are finally here, and um, the the week of the first games of the new season for the Nashville Predators is finally here. We are four days away, October seventh. Um, and, uh, we are glad that you have stuck with us through the off season of podcasts. We've had a lot of unique podcasts. Um, we did some tweets. We, we did some, we, we, oh, we, we read, we read some, some hot takes on Twitter. We, we did. did some, uh, we, we broke down a video a music video or no commercial. <laughs> we did, um, karaoke. karaoke. That was fun. Uh, we did a lot of stuff. We had a lot of good, we had a good off season, but we're ready to get it going. And speaking of, Sean, are you ready to go back to video? Yes, I'll have to start, you know, grooming you've, a little better. But you've yeah, been working out. You've been working out. Ah, my forehead's gotten a lot bigger. <laughs> it's time to turn on the video cameras. So next week, October tenth, our next episode, the first one of the full-on regular season we will go back to video we will have video uh of, of our entire episodes up on youtube and remember part of that is uh you know showing some videos like not just of us but showing like you know interviews that, we, that we've we've talked to players or um uh highlights maybe goal breakdowns that kind of thing that we so we do like to do that we did that last year it went well i think people enjoyed it um we will try to upgrade it in some way. I don't know how, but we're, we're going to try to make it look look as good as possible. But that will be next week, so look for that on the on the A to Z YouTube. So uploaded uh, probably the same same exact time or same night, maybe the morning next morning. Uh, but definitely by the every Tuesday, you'll have it in your uh, YouTube feeds. Yeah, and hey, at the same time, look, we're we're writing stuff every week. We've got articles yeah. out on the website. We're throwing them out there on uh, on the website itself at a to z sports.com. Um, may want to look under the National Predator section, make it easier to find. Yep. And and two, look, it's going to be on the A to Z Sports Facebook. It's going to be, we're going to tweet everything out. Shouldn't have a hard time finding the articles. Right, exactly. Uh, they're, they're all over there. We're, we're publishing a lot, two or three a week uh, from the two of us. So um, tons to read, tons to get prepared for. Uh, really proud of it and really excited to get it going. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, 
And you can follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. You can follow Sean on Twitter at SCSNSH. And we will see everybody next week live and in person. Well, not live, but in person. Sort in of. person. Kind, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Shut up. You'll see our, our that Alex, that hurts. You'll see us. You'll see our smiling or scowling faces, depending on how things are going. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>